0: Hello, welcome to Blue Rose Podcast. This is episode 93, and I'm Karen Barno, your host. Blue Rose Podcast is dedicated to women looking to reconnect, reclaim, and reignite their passion and purpose. Today's episode is actually a podcast that I had over on my Arizona Alpha Women and Leadership page on LinkedIn. This is Pages where I interview women in senior housing and how they became CEOs or COOs. But this episode was so inspiring and so motivating that I had to publish it over here to share it with a larger audience. So I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know your comments and your, your biggest number one takeaway from this interview. So here's two Arizona Alpha's Women in Leadership. Interview with Heidi Jorgensen-Bauger. Welcome to Women in Leadership. I'm Karen Barner, your host. Our guest this week is Heidi Jorgensen-Bauger, who I've had the privilege of knowing for a very long time, and she has a fascinating, many fascinating stories to tell. So I'm, I'm excited to get this interview going. Heidi joined New Point, New Point Real Estate Capital in 2021 and is an originator of the FHA lending team. Her responsibilities include assisting clients during the origination, application, and closing phases of their loans. Heidi has 15 years of lending experience with focus on FHA, Fannie Mac, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans for healthcare communities, multifamily properties, and affordable housing. She brings a unique perspective to real estate finance with a blended background in financial planning and direct work experience in the long-term care profession. Heidi has also spoken at numerous state healthcare conventions, both as a subject matter specialist as well as a keynote specialist speaker on the topics of gratitude and resilience. Heidi is a certified high performance coach, and in that role, she serves individual clients and also serves as a corporate trainer. Heidi has earned degrees in biology, chemistry, and secondary education from Westminster College. And we're going to see how biology and chemistry meld in with finance. She's a graduate of the WHCA Future Leaders Program and is past co-instructor and is also a past co-chair of Women in Leadership, leadership Committee. Heidi became a Rotarian in 20, 20, 2005, and she's also a Paul Harris Fellow for Playtime. She enjoys windsurfing, weight training, yoga, mountain biking, road bicycle, and riding horses. Welcome, Heidi, to Women in Leadership. Thank you. I am super pumped to be here um, and uh, honored as well, for sure. I, I'm excited. As I said, I've known Heidi for a very long time. So, but Heidi told me a story where I got to say I've never heard this story before. Heidi, how exactly did laying cement get you into senior housing?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is such a good story. Um, so, I was um, yeah. This is a great leadoff. I was actually working in senior living, um, prior to this period of time, but I was looking to, um, move into a more, a role in finance and real estate finance within senior living. And I knew, uh, uh, the guy that has now been my boss for the last 17 years in that, in that hat that I wear. And he had a farm and a vineyard and, um, we set up a time to meet and he said, we'll meet out at at the farm i'm going to be pouring concrete that day and i knew him well enough to know he said to come out for lunch he was like come out and we'll we'll meet over lunch and i knew him well enough to know while i didn't know him really well i knew him well enough to know that he actually didn't normally eat lunch at all let alone like for very long and i just kind of felt like you know what i really want time to pick this guy's brain and i feel like it's just going to be a rushed conversation so I showed up that day at seven in the morning in work clothes and rubber boots and um, tied rebar and poured concrete all day long <laughs> and picked his brain about the job I've now had for <laughs> 15 plus years uh, all day long. So that's how it happened. <laughs> well, see, I love and that I guess- story because you took
0: advantage of a situation. I mean, it was like a door cracked open. And you went through it and I think too many people hesitate and you didn't hesitate. You're like, okay, I'm going to go lay cement.
1: Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, it's, um, I say this humbly, but like when you're talking about people like moving into leadership roles, like if it's you, it's where are the opportunities, you know, where can I get creative, you know? And and, I mean, to be very honest, like partly during that conversation, you know, he would ask like, well, you know, what makes you think you can learn X or whatever, you know? And I was like, well, if I can if I'm putting in the effort to come pour concrete, you know, for you, and it's not even related to this, you know, obviously I'm willing to do whatever it takes to figure things out and how we can work together. So, uh, if you can be creative, I think it's great uh, to show work ethic. Um, and you know, you can find other ways to show your strengths to someone uh, by being creative, like kind of out of the box. So yeah, hope that makes sense. It does, and so let's let's
0: go back to the beginning there because you did start, I believe, in nursing homes and in nursing home environment.
1: Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, if you don't mind, real quick, Karen, I would love if I love to keep things pretty interactive. So, in the chat, if people could just maybe pop in there, like who, like who you're with, or what you do, and if you have like one. Goal that you don't mind sharing for either Q4 or next year from a leadership perspective, especially that would be helpful for me because I'm more than happy to share um, lessons I've learned or insights uh, that kind of cater to the group. So I would absolutely welcome that um, and please ask and ask that you would do that. So while you're noodling on that and kicking something into the chat for me, um, yeah, my, my life process as far as being involved in senior living and senior housing. Um, I actually did work in a sniff for quite a long time. So I've been in the real estate finance side for gosh, 15, 16, 17 years, something like that. But prior to that, I worked in sniffs and uh, I love that. And I really think that's helpful for my clients now that I'm in the finance side is, you know, when they talk rug scores or whatever, like I've been in those boots, you know, on the ground. And Uh, I worked in several, gosh, back in college, I worked in a nursing home and I was just like the supply clerk, you know, I just kind of went from the stock room and made sure all the carts were full or whatever. Uh, And then I've worked in um, medical records a little bit. I was a social service director for a while. Uh, My husband is a nurse. He was an RCM in a SNF. We worked together for a long time. Uh, So, uh trying to think what else. I've done some quality assurance. I'm not a nurse, so I wasn't like the the QA nurse per se, but I did quality assurance and some mock surveys and stuff for other departments as well. So it was, and for me personally, um what I wanted to do, uh lifestyle has always, and I can tie this back to another story, but lifestyle has always been very important uh for me and, and for my husband as well, for us as a couple. And as I was working in SNFs, um, the opportunity presented itself to go through, you know, AIT process and, and corporate and whatever. Uh, But to be very honest, uh, we loved where we lived and it's more, we've always lived a bit more rurally and I've never wanted to move to a bigger city type area where the corporate offices tend to be. And so uh, I was again, trying to be creative and think about how can I, stay in senior living because it is a profession that I truly love and enjoy, but from a slightly different perspective that would maybe still allow me to live a little bit more rurally. So I've worked from home in that finance role since way before the pandemic. So that's how it worked. It just blended in really well with my lifestyle choices too. So yeah, I will, um, lessons I learned in, um, in senior living too, I do have one, uh, just talking about working in a sniff. One of my, one of our administrators, uh, used a phrase that I loved, uh, well, two things. Uh, one was a phrase called 22 to stew. Uh, and I've never forgotten it. I, it's, she probably shared that with me 20 years ago. I don't know. It's been a long time, but, uh, her point to that was if somebody kind of catches you off guard or, you know, something you feel yourself emotionally triggered on, um, by no means, if it's life safety, I mean, you must act immediately, but if it, you know, if it's more work situation, um, that was her thing was 22 to to so you take 22 hours, kind of think over it, mull over it, write the email in word, not in Outlook <laughs> so you don't send it by accident, you know, revise it, whatever, and then reapproach it kind of with a fresh set of eyes. So that's one nugget that I got for sure from some leadership in um, senior living that I thought was really helpful. Another one uh, that I thought was great for me, and this is um, more of a protecting your priorities. So while we all want that open door policy with our staff, right, it's also important to protect time for us to get our actual job done too. And um, another little trick that I thought was brilliant that I would love to share with the group that I learned from an administrator when I was working in SNFs is anytime you would walk into her office, she would get up from behind her desk and she would walk and she would meet you just inside the door and she would chit chat with you and then if it was something that she could answer quickly and scoot you along she would do that if it was something that she had time for or she wanted to um dive into a little more then she would actually invite you in to sit down and then so like you you couldn't just walk in there and plop down in her office i guess you know what i mean does that make sense um, it does. It so does. I, I think that's great. I, I learned a long time ago that
0: if you go into somebody's office and you sit down not to speak until they look up and they set their stuff down. Yes. Because you have a lot of people that'll just that's be like, okay, what do you want? And they're still working. And she taught me don't just sit there because yeah. you don't have their focus. So I love that
1: even better. Yeah. It's a great time management tool. Cause like those little minutes that slip away for things like that, like lots of interruptions. So anytime we're managing our minutes, that's a Ben Franklin, you know, um, father of our country kind of thing, but he always talked about managing minutes and how important that is. And that's just a really slick little way to manage minutes when people are walking into your office. So yeah, another little nugget. Um, I want to make sure as I'm talking through just my story, um, I just really want to be cognizant of sharing lessons learned and nuggets that I hope people can take and put into action right away.
0: No, I, so. think that, I think that's the best way of learning. I mean, that's how I've learned how to be a leader is by talking to other leaders and seeing what they've taught me. And we just had somebody yeah. put in there, um, time management is my struggle. It's, and I don't know, Heidi, if you're looking over at the chat box as well, but um, yeah. if not, you know, okay, then we won't monitor it for you. But I think time management's rough for everybody. And I think as a leader, you know, especially as you've come up, because you're you're in finance is a 24-hour, seven day a week, a lot like senior housing. I mean, but sell, especially right now, it's buying season, you know, so it's got to be really a hard for you to manage your time with all the different things you have running.
1: Sure. Um so my husband and I joke that my job is a lifestyle. It's not a job, you know, because it's, it's it just, you don't punch a clock by any means. So, uh, that, that is a very accurate statement and you have to embrace that. If I think, honestly, I think if you're in any facet of senior living, you just kind of have to embrace that you're taking on a lifestyle, not just a job. Um, as far as time management goes, uh, I will tell you what works really well for me and as a certified high performance coach it also falls into the curriculum that I coach to um which I can talk a little bit more about later if you like Karen but when it comes specifically to time management um you might some of you might know a book by the name of Jocko a guy by the name of Jocko Willink discipline equals freedom is his thing and for me that has absolutely been the crux of time management. It's, I schedule everything. Like, and when I'm working with someone, like if I'm coaching someone, the first thing I want to do is see their calendar because their calendar immediately shows me what their priorities are. And I don't care if it's paper calendar, electric, I mean, electronic, you know, if it's outlook, whatever, whatever. but um, keep it however you want. Uh, But I personally do a hybrid of those, but if I don't see workouts in their calendar, I encourage them to put it in there. You know, I I really do believe that the more cognizant we are of time and scheduling things, the more free time we have. And I think it also allows us not to drift through, I feel like most people are either drifting or pinballing, you know? So um, again, just having that schedule and sticking to it, I think is incredibly helpful. I always kind of look at a project and figure out how much time I think I'm gonna need. Uh, and truthfully, I try to schedule a little less time than that. And honestly, on my desk, I actually keep, I hope this shows up. There it is, there it is. So oh the clock ticks. The other reason I really highly recommend that you very much schedule your day, and don't get me wrong, like I know interruptions, I'm just talking like, what's the ideal, right? What do we wanna to work towards is for a best practice. But the other thing that I think is really helpful with that is that it, it also is a really good way to make sure you actually take breaks through the day or you transition. So like if I'm one of my schedules, like one of my blocks of multiple blocks a day is just triage email, right? Like if you're in management or leadership, you're getting a bazillion emails. Um, at the end of that block of time, I get up, I walk around, I drink a glass of water. Inevitably after like the second or third glass of water, I have to use the restroom, you know, like it's this cycle. But my point is I try not to get locked behind my desk for hours at a time. Um, I might still come back and finish that project if it takes longer, but I'm really cognizant. It's part of why I use the little sand timer is that when that's over and you can use timer on your phone, it doesn't matter. But for me, like basically once an hour. And when I'm super anal about it, seven's my favorite number. So I often will set my timer. Um, that little one's close to this, but if I set my, my timer on my phone, I set it for 47 minutes because I want to end on a seven. Cause it's just my lucky number. So it's some weird superstition thing that I have, but when that timer goes off, I stop, I get up, walk around, drink some water, use the restroom, come back. Um, the other thing I think that's really helpful, and this is kind of a sneaker on time management is, to really, like, before you're transitioning to a new project, like, just get your mind right. Like, before I'm on that, before I came on this, like, I have, before I speak to any audience, um, virtual person, doesn't matter, I have a playlist I listen to, I dance around, I want my energy up so I can serve you all. And there's a process that I prepare for that. Um so I really do think mentally like shifting gears and putting to bed, like mentally saying, okay, I'm done looking at email. I'm now going to work on a PowerPoint for a presentation, you know, if, if I'm thinking about my speaking stuff and just taking that break, walking around, letting all the email stuff go away out of your head and then like literally focusing on, and then you hit the ground running instead of just drifting from one thing into another. I think that start and stop is really helpful. Um, another thing I find helpful from a time management perspective, when I book a call or a meeting before I even book that, I kind of think about how much time that actual event is going to take. And then I also literally try to think about how much time it's going to take after. And I'm not always accurate, but I mean, I'm guessing, you know, uh, for instance, if I'm making a sales call and I know I'll have notes that I want to enter into like a CRM or something like that, I always on my calendar, I like if I feel like I need an extra 20 minutes after the event to do that follow up, I block that event. I block that 20 minutes in my calendar as well. So I have the time set aside to sit down and have those notes you know, compiled while they're fresh in my mind, set my follow ups all that stuff, you know, like if you're talking about a CRM as an example. So um, I hope that would be uh, another thing that would maybe be helpful for folks too. Um, really? Another okay. one, oh, go ahead. Keep No, keep going, I'll have a question at the end, keep okay. going. On. <laughs> yeah, uh, one other one other one is, I was just gonna say that helps, and sometimes it's just energy, right? Like sometimes our management just, our time management just sucks because we're just kind of dragging that day and instead of grabbing a cup of coffee or. Not that I don't, I mean, I like coffee too, but, uh, breath scaling is a really great way to actually raise your energy levels. I do this before meetings and phone calls. And all you do is you start, I'll just do it really quickly. Don't do it this fast because you might hyperventilate. but I'll just show you, but you take a deep breath in through your nose and then you exhale through your mouth with like pursed lips and you start by breathing slow and then you speed it up. So if I were to do it in a very condensed version, I'd go. That, so it's almost like a a locomotive, right? Like chugging along, just that breath scaling Again, do it slower and for a little bit longer. Um, you'll feel like you'll hyper oxygenate your brain and you can feel that. And I, if I do that when I'm actually walking around a little bit too, just for some blood flow, I find that's a fantastic way just to kick my energy back into gear, which then translates to time management. So um, I hope all those help. I don't know, just rapid fire and things off the top of my head. No,
0: I love them. I, I have a question though, if we could just back up a little bit. As you know, yeah. we're fast approaching the holidays, and so for EDs during the holidays, they're going to have families coming in, some that have not been in for two years. So you've got—I don't know if chaos is a good word, but it's—it's it's harder for them to gate their time because if you have a family shove on your doorstep, you've got to pretty much respond to that family. So how do you how do you teach them to be able to look up, "Hi, Mrs. Smith," and and you know rechange their energy quickly to deal with the next thing. And then maybe the next family, you know, sometimes they have families lined up, how, you know, sure. how
1: would you recommend for that? So my thought there, um, off the top of my head is a couple things. One is when you're sitting down on Sunday night or Monday, morning. personally, I do like a weekly game plan. Um, and I have a whole PDF format for that to set my priorities when I'm planning my week. If I'm an ED, I'm I'm and I'm coming into that season. Um, I am going to look at my calendar, look at my projects, look at my to-do list, whatever, all the things, and literally like figure out what can I, what do I just need to not do? Like, what can I renegotiate? I would meet with my team and say, look, we all know this storm is coming and it's a beautiful storm because it's holidays, right? Like everybody's getting together and all that stuff. But like, we need to be able to help each other, you know, like it, because that could happen to anyone. It's not just EDs, right? Like if, if, if you see your activity director Is just getting slammed by like one person for, you know, somebody has got to run some interference maybe and help do that. If it's a meeting, obviously there's different scenarios, but you know what I mean? Like we need to help each other. So I think part of it is just number one, really looking hard at your calendar Um, for those that aren't directly in senior living and travel. I mean, I do the same thing for that, right? Like if you're traveling, it's very hard to keep up on all the things. So like, again, time blocking, when you think those lulls are, when the families aren't there, you know, maybe between meals or I, and I know it kind of all runs together. I mean, I get that there's exceptions to this, but I just think time blocking and like mentally being super focused on like, when I have time, like I have to be efficient. Like, you know, sometimes it's just that mindset of, no, I know I'm not going to have much time right now. Like I have to get this stuff done in a really efficient manner. The beauty is hopefully you can carry that forward and just become more efficient in general. The other thing though, like I said, is just common sense is not always common practice. So we all know that season is coming. So like meeting with your team and saying, look, here's the signal. I don't know what the signal is, but like, if I, pull my ear. Like I need help. Like, you know, can you run, you know, come escort someone like to their family or whatever, you know? So just being a team and being cognizant of those um, limitations we're all going to be facing and like, how can we help each other through that? I think are really important. Um, as an ED, again, that's a lifestyle job too, but to some degree, you know, you may want to just look at tweaking your schedule. Like maybe even if you're a morning person, like maybe come in extra early for that little bit, you know, those, that, that six weeks eight weeks. Um, or you stay like, maybe you come in and check night shift that week just to get a little quiet time and like be with that staff that you're not normally with. But, um, I hope that helps, but those would be some ideas that I would have off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. I love those ideas. And those of you that joined after the introduction, Heidi has asked everybody to please put your name and, you know, just a brief description of what you do into the chat box. So we can just kind of see who, who all we have on the call. And so Heidi, who would you credit because finance? senior housing is primarily dominated by women and finance is very much dominated by males so how do you find that you're able to make that that change of energy I mean the feminine energy to the masculine energy because you've got to be able to you know rule pretty good with this and I and I know Louanne's on the call as well and she'll be our guest I think in January she's probably chuckling as well because she has to manage that and, you know how do you
1: tell, how do you recommend managing that issue? <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple things. I think one thing um, for me personally, uh, if you know me, you probably know this about me, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high energy person. I'm a pretty intense person. You probably can already tell that just from this presentation <laughs> so far, but um, I think uh, the a confident yet humble energy and like really thinking about that within, I mean, believing that, like that is a core to me, is humble, but confident. Um I will honestly tell you that in my finance career, um, I have never had an issue with that male, female thing at all. Um, And I do think part of that though, is I feel like I'm prepared for my meetings. I feel like I follow through on what I say I'm going to do. I feel like my posture, I know, I think, was it Pam, maybe that put in the superhero pose in the chat. I think I saw that. Um, But thinking about that, uh, another thing I think works really well with this, because a lot of this is energy management, which is an all it's funny. These things all come back to the high performance coaching that I do. Energy management is a huge piece of that. And I think some of that is, again, just being very intentional with my energy when I'm going into conferences or meetings or events or whatever. Um, I think also another trick to help make that happen is triggers and doorway triggers are a huge thing for me. So when I walk through a door frame um, into a meeting, like that's a trigger. When I used to commute, I primarily worked from home, but like, even when I'm traveling for work, when I get in the car and I shut the door and I'm going to a meeting, when I shut that door, that's like, I've taught myself that's a trigger and it's time to quit worrying about whatever else I was doing before I got in the car. And it's time to start thinking about this meeting. Like, what do I want? What are my expectations for this meeting? What, you know, what information do I need to be fresh with? What would I need to pay attention to? So I think just being really cognizant of the energy. Well, I grabbed this off my mirror. I always, I've kept this posted on my mirror for a long time. I am responsible for the energy I bring into my life. So what I generate also impacts what's around me. Um, Another thing that I think can be very helpful in any situation, male or female is called mirroring. And if you're in sales, you should definitely know what this is. If you don't mirroring is subtly mirroring the person that you're meeting with. So like, if you're sitting with someone and they're, really leaned in on the table as you're talking, you don't do it instantly and you don't do it. So you're like nose to nose, like on the Dalmatians or whatever, but eating spaghetti, but, but you subtly mimic the volume of your voice to be theirs. So if they're a little more soft-spoken, I might lean back a little bit and come down a little bit in my volume. Um, maybe pause when i'm talking if they talk slower whereas like if i have someone that is higher energy i want to match that energy and i want to start talking a little bit faster i might gesture with my hands a little bit more i might lean in if they lean in if they cross a leg uh, again you're not doing it instantly cuz you don't want it to be creepy but um it, you're just matching all you're doing is matching their energy and it does two things one it gets you in flow with them but also research has shown that We all like ourselves for the most part. Um, But like, so people tend to like people that are kind of like them. And I don't, it's not in a, it's a matter of influence, but not in a slimy way. I hope this all makes sense. Like you're not trying to not be you. You're just trying to make the situation in the meeting as comfortable and synergistic as possible. So I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's creating a connection. Mm -hmm. Because how many times Mm -hmm. you sit in a room and you're really high energy and you've got somebody across you that's very low energy if you don't tap yourself down, then you've lost that conversation because they're like, absolutely. They'll even say, well, you know, Karen was so, you know, frantic when really it's just my personality is a high energy. So I think mirroring, especially in cells, I mean, it does work.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's great for like those that are talking to families or whatever, you know, like, I mean, it's really, really works well. Um, I wanted to, uh, Karen, I didn't want to be obtuse to Marlene's question um where was it i saw saw her question in the chat
0: um back up with marlene who said
1: how can i be successful in downsizing oh yeah here we go okay cool so um i don't mean to sound redundant marlene but i mean i i honestly think weaponizing your calendar is is the the main you know the a number one thing and making sure that you know we all sometimes get caught up in mundane tasks and if there's one thing that I'm cognizant of every day is like, what am I doing to move the needle? Like, you know, is this the highest value? Like on my, on one of my papers by my computer, like it will say, is this the highest value activity I can be working on? Mm -hmm. You know Um, I would say also, applying the kiss rule and we all know the kiss rule like keep it simple stupid there's that one but there's another one and that is like if you're really especially when you're on your own and you you know time is a premium you want to think about like kind of look at all your activities and your projects and all the things and and the kiss rule for that is what do I want to keep doing what do I want to improve doing so like I'm doing it but like I could do it better and it would be great if I did it better, um, but it's working okay. Like, let's level it up. And then what do I want to stop doing? And then what do I want to start doing? So we don't add the starts, you know, we don't add more to the plate till we go through the the first few. So that kiss rule, I would, I'll, I'll repeat that, but keep, improve, stop, and start. And when you're thinking about that, just again, make sure those things all are moving the needle. And this is not just like for work. I mean, I'm talking about that stuff for life. Like if you're not drinking enough water, like you should be drinking. Well, those that know me know I'm big on water. Um, I drink 24 ounces of water within an hour of waking up because we wake up dehydrated and I'm, I'm big on brain health for my coaching clients. Your brains cannot store water. Like the rest of your body so we obviously all wake up dehydrated because we've been sleeping and we haven't had water for hopefully eight hours at least five or six for some people but i hopefully eight. um it's super important it's super important that you're drinking the proper amount of water brain fog and fatigue is a crusher for time management brain fog and fatigue is a crusher for productivity brain fog and fatigue is a crusher for efficiency. So um, again, it's weird that I'm connecting these dots, but it's really important for you, uh, Marlene, to be uh, intently focused on your health and your energy. So you're bringing everything you can to launching this new business. So I hope this has helped. You're welcome to pop off a mute if I'm going in a direction that doesn't quite answer your question. And um, the second thing I would say before you pop on is, um, hire an assistant as quick as you can. So you have some stuff to delegate, even if it's just, um, and maybe you've already done some of that, but like a lot of people wait too long to get help and they can't do like the big rock projects. No, mm-hmm. oh, I appreciate it. That was great. Thanks so much, Heidi. For sure. And good luck. <laughs> I hope it goes well. So Heidi,
0: before we wrap up, if, you know, if Well, I have a couple of questions, really, because I think sometimes in senior housing, well, I think in in the times we live in right now, it's the go, go, go. You know, you got to keep going and keep hitting it because that's how you're going to make the money when really, I think we're starting to see that you need to take breaks and rest along the way. So how do you get the women that have that mentality of, you know, from the minute I, my ground, my feet hit the floor until 10 o'clock at night, I got to be go, go, going with no relaxed time. You know, maybe I'll meditate for five minutes. So how do you, what do you recommend to them? Because I know there's a lot of EDs, regionals,
1: divisional CEOs that are like, yeah, a couple things. Um, with some people, it's a matter of, like, I had one client that I was coaching that, um, we basically went through all of her projects and like we did this, I do this brain dump exercise where I'll ask you or I'll give you a sheet with like, all these different parts and there's personal one and professional one. I'll ask you all these questions and it just meant to empty everything out of your brain. That's bouncing around in there. Right. And then we, we get a system together to get that process because here's another thing, your processes and your systems, both personally and professionally need to be on point because the reality is your brain is made for thinking. It is not made to store all the information of when your appointments are and who you need to get back to and whatever. So if you don't have good systems, meaning you're not calendaring things and you're kind of winging it, like you have to remember that, but that pulls away. Number one, it's stressful because it's all just floating around in your brain, but also it really pulls away your ability to step back and be strategic thinking, creative thinking, seeing efficiencies, things like that. So one thing I would say is get your processes and systems dialed in. Um, a great, uh, book for that is called Traction. Um, cool book on that kind of stuff. I'm happy to recommend a book list or something too, but, um, that's one. please do. Uh, do. uh, Yeah, please. Yeah. We'll send it out. Okay. Um, and also, with, so with this one, I digress a little bit, but with this one client, what we basically did is this big brain dump, got everything on paper, got it all like in a system. So she didn't have to remember all of it all the time or worry about it. But one of the things that we did was we really just looked out and scheduled. Like, so, so it was like, yeah, that's been floating around your brain, but like, you don't even have the bandwidth to do that until 2024. So quit letting it occupy space when you don't even have to think about it, you know, till then. And for her, it was like a huge difference in just unloading some stuff. Like, even if it wasn't till the next quarter, I'm like, okay, look, this isn't till Q2. So just put it away and we'll put a thing on your calendar, you know, in the middle of, or early March that will remind you in case you want to renegotiate when that is, but like be confident in your system so that you can just unclutter your brain a little bit. So that was a huge one. Um, I think another one is if, if you saw like your best friend or your child, like doing what you're doing, living the way you're living, like what would you tell them? What would you tell them like would you tell them that they're gonna burn themselves out would you tell them they're gonna ruin their relationships like what would you tell them you know and just really kind of step back and I mean truthfully for me I've I've had um I think this is a big piece where like coaches and mentors are super helpful and coaching more and mentors help with this because they'll share what makes them successful and how they've managed these kind of things coaching helps because you have accountability to that coach and they're going to be asking you like, how's it going? You know? And so sometimes it's just like having a personal trainer. I mean, sometimes we all need, and you can have an accountability partner. I mean, you could have a coworker that you, whatever, it doesn't matter, but like upping, if you want to make a lifestyle change, um, you have to have, well, you don't have to, but you'll make it much quicker. I think if you have an accountability partner that, and my husband's great at that. Um, he is a nurse and he works in surgery and it's just, you know, and then what's done, it's done. And so, and I'm the more like, I could work more. So we're a great check and balance for each other because um, he helps me remember like, you know, you need to take care of yourself and you need like a break here and there. So having that accountability, I think is great too.
0: Yeah, I love that of accountability partner. It's so important. So as we get ready to wrap up, are there any resources or any suggestions, hints that you could give everybody on how to do their time management
1: and yeah. to live, live their best life? I got a couple for you um, that I'll leave on. Um, one is just a, one is a quote. Um, I, I, I Well, first, feel free to follow me on social media. You'll find me at, just like my name is on this, Heidi Jorgensen Bejo, and that's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I will tell you, I'm not super active on social media, but I am, and I tend to put quotes that I have put in my own journal or things I'm kind of noodling on, and a lot of people find those of value. So I will tell you that. Feel free to follow me. Again, I'm not posting four times a day, so don't be super bummed if you don't see anything for a week or so. (laughs) But um, a quote I've been thinking about lately is if you have a dream, you must be extreme. And if you're on this call, you're obviously interested in leadership and growing your leadership. And even if you are a leader, you probably want to be a better leader. So, and what I mean by that, when I say, if you have a dream, you must be extreme is if you're trying to get Like if you're trying to move up in your company or you're trying to be a better servant leader for your staff, like you have to learn all the time. Like can't stop learning. If you don't have time carved out in your calendar to read or take a class or however you do it, webinar, doesn't matter, um, you will, you'll never get there. And so when I say extreme, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean you have to be extreme in that you're managing your calendar and your time to your priorities. Again, quit drifting, quit pinballing and move the needle on your priorities. So that's what I mean by that quote. I don't want that to get misinterpreted. Um another one, I actually just heard this yesterday. I just want to share it because I thought it was Awesome. Um, Carol Lawson, if you're a women's basketball fan, you will know who she is, but she was given a little talk to some folks about, um, lots of times people are just waiting. Like, if I just muscle through this right now, like it's going to get easier. You know, I just gotta, I just gotta, gosh, if I can just get through the holidays, like it'll be easier. Well, guess what? <laughs> then you're wrapping up year end, like in January, you know what I mean? Like the next thing, like, and her point was it never gets easier. Like it never gets easier. There's always things like it's never gonna get easier. And so it's more important to shift your mindset to in her'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so I'm hoping I'm saying this right, but she said, do hard better. Like don't wait for it to get easier. Do hard better. And that's also the beauty of a kill like so she's speaking to athletes, right? And she was saying like that's why we practice so hard. We want you to learn you do hard better. That's how you become successful. So, um, that's a real recent one. I literally just heard that a couple of days and wanted to give her credit because I thought that was a, a super cool way to, to look at it. Um, the last thing I'll share with the group is, um, I really believe I, I grew up an athlete, so I have a weekly game plan that my sister and I actually developed this document. It's just a two page, it's a PDF at this moment, but, um, we're launching it. So, um, this is something we've put a lot of time and effort into. Uh, but I think writing your goals every week, I think looking at your goals every day, I think looking at all of your life areas when you are planning your week, meaning like, obviously you have in my, in my finance job, like I have clients, I have prospects, I have referral partners, I have back office stuff, you know, but then also on my weekly game plan, I have personal things. I have relationship things. Um, My grandmother recently passed away. I'm settling her estate. So like, that's a, a life role I have at this moment. And I look at all of those things in this game plan. And then I kind of cross those into like, okay, what am I going to do on this day? So again, it's like between my calendar and this weekly game plan, I am making sure that I'm moving the needle on my priorities. And we get one, one shot at this life. And for me, like, I just want it to be kick-ass, like in all facets. So um, I hope that helps too, that, I mean, I'm happy if, we'll get the email list from the registrants and I'm happy to reach out about that game plan thing. Um, but that's been honestly, like that's more than any other planning system. And I, I have as a coach, I've helped people a lot with planners and things. I probably have 30 of them on my shelf and I've just been curating what works for me. Um, the last thing I'll leave you with, and this is just, uh, I'm just going to pop this up. So I read it correctly, but this is a thing that a mantra kind of, I would say that has, spoke to me. Um, it's called The Master of the Art of Living. And if you work in senior living, like we said, it's a lifestyle, not a job. So I'll just leave with you with this quote, and I hope uh, it sits deep in your soul. The master of the art of living makes little distinction between her work and her play, her labor and her leisure, her mind and her body, her education, and her recreation, her love, and her religion. She simply pursues her vision of excellence in whatever she does, leaving others to decide whether she is working or playing. To her, she is always doing both. And that is what I will end on.
0: Love that. And if you're if they're interested in a two page PDF, please, you can put it in the comments, reach out to myself, we will be giving Heidi a list of the attendees for that list. But I know when we had Eve on last month, everybody was so interested in Heidi's PDF. That's why we had to have her on. Thank you, Heidi, so much for taking so much time out of your day to do this for us. We appreciate it. As I said, in January, our guest is Luanne Tomaholic. And I've known Luann since the beginning of Arizona Alpha. So we go back 25 years together and she's got a great story of overcoming success, not so success, great success. So women, she's definitely a story and somebody that you really want to learn from because she has, like Heidi, has um, been through a lot. So that'll, that'll be a fun time too. And we'll start marketing that in a couple of weeks. This will be posted to our YouTube channel in about two hours. And then also you can go to our LinkedIn Women in Leadership page, not the group, the page. And like over there, because we'll start posting some stuff over there as well for good quotes. You know, Heidi had a lot, so we'll probably be chopping some of this up as well. Um, On our Facebook page, you know, we're on TikTok and also on, we're not on Instagram. We're one of those people that just never embraced Instagram. So thank you all. Have a great holiday month and we'll see you guys back in January. Thanks a lot, everybody.